took me a long while to talk about this, but let's face it, whether it's an injury, bad luck, weather, or just a minor inconvenience, no athlete that I know ever wants to not only hear, but also experience something called a DNF. As someone who has gone through it, not once, not twice, but more than thrice, it took me quite a while to turn all those frowns to smiles. Just like any other life thing, sports has its ebbs and flows. By the time you recall of your being becomes self-aware that these things happen, there will be all those stages of grief. But one thing I know for sure is that days will follow when you will learn and celebrate the art of not finishing. Welcome back to the About Out podcast. I'm your host, Adiambo Aguro, and today we're diving into the ups, downs, and everything about DNFs. Didn't finish? No problem. Now, let's talk about it. A DNF is a term used in sports that stands for did not finish. It is used to indicate that an athlete was unable to complete the race due to various reasons mentioned earlier. Could be injury, illness, bad weather, etc. Some DNFs can have you still listed in the results, but with no eligibility for awards or wins. Other times, it can get you totally disqualified from a race. No big races for me yet, but I have had a chance to do and take part in some personal projects and expeditions that only deserved wins. That I knew. I knew that these specific projects deserved wins. I mean, I did not want failure to be in my vocabulary because of the effort that had gone into planning and putting everything in place. Talk of training, itinerary, lift days, finances, and the external support in the form of sacrifices people close to me had put in place to ensure the success of my particular goals and projects. There are so many things surrounding this three-letter word, but I have a short story for you with a not-so-finishing touch. I have shared many mountain stories, happy ones, sad ones that still bring forth happy tears, near-death experiences that still ensured successful summits, and so forth. I was getting into this mountaineering thing and I kept on, you know, getting excited, you know, looking forward to the next adventure. I only knew wins. Never had I left home for the mountains and came back without a summit. So one time during COVID, borders opened and my then mountain buddy, Alex Mangi, who I owe so much gratitude for our mountaineering pursuits, and I decided to dash to Mount Kenya. We were not chasing a weather window but a time window. Back then, curfews were on and off, so 24 hours of a county border being opened meant that we could dash up a mountain or two and make it back home before the president decides to lift or impose another ban. All good mountains are out of the city, so these time restrictions were the greatest life test I have ever gone through training for the mountains during COVID. My friend and I parked for Mount Kenya, we opt for the best route, which was Narumoru. It's accessible, it's the shortest, and it's closest to home. The initial plan was two days and giving room for also 24 hours. So we were to do met to Makinda's and then sleep at Makinda's the next day, 
summit from 2 a.m. and come back all the way down and leave the mountain on Sundays. You know, back then, <laughs> dashes were like a big dream for hikers. So when you told someone that you were going to climb Mount Kenya for like 24 hours or in a day, it was such a crazy idea less than three years ago. So the best time that was considered to be ideal for Mount Kenya was like three to four days. So my friend and I go on with this idea. Our hike starts at 10. We go pole pole many thoughts along the way and i think oh i am breathing with much more effort than usual so i just tell myself that you know what i think i am acclimatizing so our hike had started at 10 it's 11 21 and i feel like crap i want to cry i can't breathe and that was the beginning of walking for five minutes and resting for 20 minutes all of a sudden the weather changes it changes for the worse i'm like okay fine this is a typical mountain the weather will change so we layer up and continue so if you're ever gone via Narumuru road there's a cave section that i think is probably less than five kilometers from the start we started the hike at 10 let me remind you that it is midday the team is very patient with me i start asking myself so many questions i have done mount kenya before and this has never happened i am there tired fatigued fighting for my life and i'm wondering why now with the time limit with the sacrifice that i have made to even get here with no one on the mountains why is this happening to me now so the guide asks me Kosawa, in short, are you okay? And I'm like, no, but I can push. Clearly, if I look at that time from now as a perspective, Makinda's was a zero chance of success. But I kept a little faith that I was going to make it. I asked the team to give me a minute. I want to cry, no tears. I am so angry. I'm in total denial and mad plus very disappointed that I was somehow the cause of probably everyone not making it. On this day, the weather was so bad that I didn't even get a view of the peak. Then, while having internal dialogues of whether I wanted to proceed or not, I threw up. First time ever in years, this was the first time I threw up on Narumoru route. The contents of my throwing up <laughs> didn't look like the previous night's dinner. I was like, okay, fine. So what the hell is that? So everyone is patient with me, but yeah, I still look like shit. So I tell my guide that the nausea and headache is getting worse. So we sit. It is raining heavily. Like Narumoru is crazy when it rains. And I think by this time, everything in me has surrendered. A few hours later, after trying to be talked to and being so stubborn along the way, I give in and return back and descended to Bezgam. I think that was the most surprising, shocking and the saddest mountain day of my life. So much for a first DNF. I mean, if you also come to think of it, this is quite a good guide to not reaching the finish line but this experience is definitely one of my best tales of triumphant failure which opened me to a whole different perspective of what really takes place in the mountaineering sports field and art the dnfs that followed provided a path to personal enlightenment and as i continue to grow in this there are a few lessons i picked along the way that i would love to share i have broken these lessons down into three parts the downs the ups and anything else that will help you reduce the risks of dnfs the first part is the downs dnfs will cause you disappointment and frustration remember you have high hopes 
hope is such a dangerous thing to have guys i always tell myself that but it's good to have a little faith you have trained and all that but when dnfs happen you will feel disappointed that all the work you put didn't come to pass that is the downside number two physical injury dnfs could come by as a result of you being injured during the race or when you're pursuing a particular sport so this will in turn affect your performance and also postpone your other projects which involve longer recovery times number three decreasing confidence and motivation after mount kenya i got back and i did not go back to the trails for a month i was so tired i was like man fuck this shit why do i really need to hike if i'm not going to summit so you beat yourself all the time i questioned my ability and self-worth on some days and it really broke me to the point stayed away from the trails for quite a while that also gave me a break from training and competing which is the worst downside of a dnf the other thing is financial loss i think when someone is sharing a list for how to be a good hiker or preparing for runs or preparing for all that money should come as the first item on the list everything involves money you have the plan on paper you need to invest in gear you need to pay for entry fee organize your travel arrangements and on the instance of a dnf my g <laughs> all that money sometimes feels like it's gone down the drain especially if you're aiming at a target for your race or for your project the other thing is dnfs can make you miss opportunities there's many types of athletes let me tell you that those who go go for wins they're just like me i want this award i want to be the first person that those who are chasing records like world records and all those things that those who aim at personal bests so i'm like okay my last year's pb was one hour 40 minutes today i can try do it in 120 or one hour and then there are those who do it for recognition if a dnf comes up it will make you lose all these opportunities you won't achieve your medal you won't beat your personal best and all that so that's the other downside of a dnf as much as these are setbacks remember you're on an athletic journey and you need to stay focused i love to look at the good side of things and people and the positive impacts that dnfs create just know that a dnf is not the end of life as long as you did not die i feel you can always get back up so hang in there believe in yourself the disadvantages are always going to be there no matter how much privilege one has they missed opportunities the injuries the everything affects each and everyone either in equal or unequal measure besides dnfs causing me more pain than a heartbreak the ups somehow surpassed the downs and a part of me nowadays is grateful because all my dnfs helped me bounce back and pick a few lessons that i never thought i would learn as a growing mountaineer these are the few things that dnfs taught me number one dnfs renewed my appreciation for success everything that happened after my first dnf was appreciated no matter how small the mountain was whether it's ngong karura or kilimanjaro the appreciation of my wins was in equal measure big or small every little step and successful summit was forever significant for me i'm always sure to celebrate every win every time i come back home and pick memories along the way the other thing is dnfs gave me an opportunity to grow i came back home self-evaluate 
validated looked back at what went wrong reassessed my training because some of these dns were caused by just small small mistakes like me not training well i changed my entire regimen to align with the goals that i had in place number three dns allowed me to refocus on my goals of course that time <laughs> 24 hours were not like that much but it's not also bad to try something no one has ever tried or maybe a few people are doing but i came back made new goals set achievable ones based on my ability my self-belief and my preparedness in terms of training the other thing dnfs taught me was uh oh mental toughness mental toughness is an art that you have to continuously learn because there's times you're on the mountain and the body is zero and you're left with your mental state to help you i think mental toughness is an art that requires continuous mastery dnfs do make you resilient and you will seek to improve constantly especially when you bounce back you'll be willing to face challenges i go back to naromoro route nowadays and i see that very wrong that i sat on when I never wanted to talk to someone. Every time I pass by that rock doing a day hike to Makinda's, it's a relief. I can actually pass this place now. It's pure strength and determination. Really builds your character as a human being, as a mountaineer, or as an athlete. These are some of the key points that impacted me. They actually contributed to me having a renewed appreciation for mountains. Such things made me totally fine with whatever the outcome. Everything can happen. Happen, but losing is not failing whenever you're i'm on the mountains i'm like i am here not everyone is here and this is my moment and i'm gonna fucking enjoy it and that is what mountains have taught me as always i will choose to see and look at the good side dnfs do happen in the most unexpected of ways i would be lying if i told you that there is a prediction manual that can guarantee you that you'll never experience dnfs there are few pointers and things to note that will help you reduce use the risks of a dnf but even if dnfs happen embrace it and look forward to learning and bouncing back from them as soon as possible because life goes on just try not to die <laughs> just try not to die uh, but life goes on we fail get back up the sooner you get back up the sooner you can learn allow yourself to always bounce back have an open mind that anything can happen when you're on the mountain some of the things that can help you reduce the risks of a DNF are number one is planning accordingly. Have the right gear, check the weather, plan your itinerary well, know the costs, things that will not delay you. Sometimes DNF starts with pure planning of the itinerary, the communication on the ground, and the team that is helping you pursue this. The other thing is manage your expectations. <laughs> Be realistic when you're setting goals for a particular pursuit. Set achievable goals not only to reduce the very dnf but also to prevent instances of injury and improve your chances of success the other thing is training if you're doing those tough climbs make sure you train because you're using a lot of energy it's gonna test your mental physical and all that if you're bouncing back from, from a dnf and setting all these goals get someone who is better than you to coach you and seek feedback on how you can improve from your previous goal people who train for 
for races or special event, make sure you train both adequately for mental and physical. The other thing is listening to your body. Set apart time for rest. Plan for your recovery sessions, especially if you're training hard for a particular race. Know when to go hard, know when to slow down, and above all, know when to stop. The other thing is hydration and fueling. Water is not necessarily on a hike, on a run. Water is all the time. Eat well, proteins, vitamins, healthy foods. All this food is what will contribute to your strength. Eat balanced diets, carbohydrates, proteins. Make sure you account for healthy fats, vitamins plus minerals to avoid random energy crashes while you're training hard. The thing that is most important and the last pointer is stay positive. You're training for this. You've put in your best effort and everything that you are doing is for the good. You to have fun. It's for your personal improvement as a human being. Don't ever forget to find the joy in the journey. I think DNFs are blessings in disguise. As much as it's not the outcome that we were hoping for, it depends on how an athlete or a sports person bounces back from it and decides to see the failures as lessons or as an opportunity to learn. Give yourself time, give yourself space. Slowing down, stopping, pushing on, those are good things. Know your time, know your place, know your area, train harder, put in the work, and all this will contribute in one way or the other to your growth as a person. I do wish you the very best of luck, wins, joy and success as you pursue the things you love. As always, thank you so much for joining with me and see you again on the next episode. Be good to yourself, stay happy, peace.